to all of our listeners and viewers out there. It's Alicia Toot back with my soul sister from another mister and co-host Tori Kravitz. And you are tuning into a new episode of She's With The Band. Now, one of my favorite aspects about hosting this show is learning about all of these trailblazing, impressive women who have such different talents out there. And today we are diving into the world of pure art as Chevy Marie now joins us, makeup artist to the metal stars, including Ice Nine Kills and Motionless in White. Chevy, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks so much for having me. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Dude, it is so... Sorry, go go on, Alicia. (laughs) I was literally about to say, I know you two go way back. So before we actually get into our questions, I'd love for you two to just share with everyone listening exactly where this friendship began. I I mean, I could take it away if you would like. Um, Yeah, by all all means. I mean, I know I signed Kills from Warped Tour days, uh, having been on the tour with them before. Um, and they've just, they became really good friends of mine. And then coming out to visit them at a few shows post Warped Tour, I was introduced very excitedly to Chevy from Pat, Pat Patrick, the drummer, um, mm. who you two are tight as well. And I'm good friends with him too. And he was just like, you have to meet Chevy. You're going to love her. <laughs> that was the exact words. And uh, he was not wrong. So now... With this podcast, it was just like, well, of course we have to have Chevy on it. So thank you for joining us once again. Of course. Thank you for having me. Anything else you want to add to that story? I don't know if you have a different side of it than me. (laughs) No, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've only heard nothing but positive things about Tori, like the iconic journalist. And obviously, like, I was like, oh, gosh, she's in front of me and I get to meet her. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know if you guys can, can cut this, but my dog just came into the room and I thought I locked him away. Oh, I mean, Aww. we're always down for fur baby appearances. Okay. So we're very big fans yeah. of the fur babies. He's a, he's a big Roddy. He just hasn't he hasn't learned his size yet. Mm. So. <laughs> sit, sit. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. We got him. Yeah, <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Um. Well, the first question we really wanted to ask you here is, um when I think of makeup artists, touring isn't necessarily the first thing I think of when it comes to that kind of position. Um, Except maybe when you think of like the biggest pop stars in the world, like of course, Taylor Swift probably has a makeup artist, but Ice Nine Kills, it makes sense with how theatrical they are, but it's it's such a unique position that you have being able to tour with rock bands and um, do this kind of artistry. So I'd love to hear just the backstory, because I don't even really know it, of how you ended up connecting with these bands and eventually turning your talent of makeup artistry into a touring gig because that sounds like the dream yeah so I ironically saw um Ice Nine with Motionless in like early April of 2018 and I was just going with a friend because he's like I have an extra ticket so I went and I saw their performance and I was like oh okay cool band um and then I saw them again later in at Warped and um I had just gotten out of college and everything. So I had like no plans, but I was really brushing up on my SFX skills and just trying to get it there now, get out there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make this a dream. I'm going to do it. But I never thought that it would end up happening with a band. So basically, you know, I saw them live and they were adding a little more of the theatrical elements. So they weren't, they were like dressing up um, like JD had the mask and everything. They would bring out the beach balls and the flag. So it wasn't anything major elevated, but they were, they were attention grabbing. Like you, you were always curious about what was about them. So later on, um, I was at the Hartford Connecticut date and it was like the last minute VIP, you pay $5 for their poster. So uh, my partner at the time was like, just go do it. Like you never know. 
Um, because in the back of my mind, I was like, what if they need a makeup artist? Like, what if I could work on their music videos? I don't know where they're based. I don't know. I'm taking a shot in the dark here. So I pay for it and I say my hellos down the line and I get to Spencer finally. And I said, hey, we're just throwing it out there. If you ever need a makeup artist, like I'm willing to travel, et cetera. Um, so he introduces me to the director because he happened to be there that day, Dan Horahan, because they were working on the Silver Screen music videos because at that point the Silver Screen wasn't released. So basically, fast forward, I'm working on the set of A Grave Mistake, Stabbing in the Dark. So that was really cool. Um, but I was assisting the, uh, the artist that they hired at the time to then speed up. I was doing the makeup for the short skit of Axmas, and then it is the end. So that was really fun. Um, and then to more how I got into the touring side of it, you know, um, they were out with Atreyu and like Moths to Flames. And this was around November. So um, they were rolling through like New York, New Jersey and Massachusetts. And I went out to see them. And at that point, they had started to incorporate their different costumes and add props ever so slightly. So then after seeing all that, I kind of went home and decompressed and got some ducks in a row to bust up some courage. And I texted them. I was like, what if you want somebody to take care of that for you? So again, I just kind of like asked for my positions and um, I came back to them saying yes. And so I just, I just hopped on the tour like that. Wow. So my first tour was spring of 2019. It was a co-headliner of Ice Nine Kills from Ashes to New with support of um, Palisades, Afterlife and Hawk. And that wow. I've been with them ever since. It really just goes to show that asking even though it's scary, can get you some amazing things. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about that so much in terms of, hey, this is a terrifying thought to really request something out of the blue. And you know that you could be potentially facing a crazy rejection that can really hurt sometimes. But hey, the other side of it is something like this, that success story, where now this is something you have had for a couple of years because you took some random offshot chance. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. I And like, I like reached out to the tour manager. I reached out to Spencer. I got a couple, like I was talking with Ricky for a little bit. Um, and I was like, do you think it's a good idea? Like, what do you think? He's like, if you ask what's going to happen, they say no. And we continue the tour and everything's going to be fine. You still have <laughs> your job. Cause I was working a retail job at that point, And it was along the lines of like, they would have to like remove me or let me go because I was going to be gone for such a period of time. And I was like, Screw it. Let's go. Full set. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it really is. And of course, we're talking about the bands that you've worked with, those huge names like Ice Nine and Motionless and White. But you've also done work with Lamb of God on some of their videos and with tons of other cool people. And it's amazing how you really do start growing such wonderful friendships with these bands. And we love seeing that community and just people commenting on each other's stuff, straight up championing one another. And I see it so much within your post as well. So tell us a little bit about one of those moments where you were on tour or backstage or with the boys and you kind of had one one of those moments where you take a step back and you think, holy shit, these are now my friends. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've had a couple of those, especially like this year. I think one of the first ones uh, that I experienced was we did a Europe tour. This was actually tour, the tour that uh, COVID shut down, but we were in Europe with Hollywood and then and Papa Roach. And it was towards the end of the tour, not before like the announcements that the pandemic was gearing up but it was more along the lines of like 
I was like having casual conversations with Jacoby and then like the Hollywood undead guys, we were just casually like chit chatting and, you know, BSing and catering. And I just kind of reflected, it was like, these are the freaking bands that I would put on my MySpace like theme song if you yes. were to go to my page and I'm just yeah. having a conversation with them. I said, what is, what just happened? Um, so I, that was like the first one. And I really got to sit back and think like, my life is kind of really cool. And I can't believe this is where I'm at. Um, and then the second one was actually during Trinity. I mean, all throughout Trinity, just meeting amazing people um, from Atreyu and um, obviously the motionless guys, like getting closer with them and everything. Like there are just so many moments hitting me. I was like, I just had a conversation with so-and-so and I just, yeah, it's, I think, um, I think the one really big one that this past year was when it was Atlanta, Georgia, um, a couple days after my birthday and Chris decides to call me out on stage and wish everyone to wish me a happy birthday. Um, Ice Nine had already played their set. So we were done and I was just watching them side stage. Um, and, uh, the show had stopped for whatever reason. I think somebody was, uh, like hurt. So security was taking their time to get to the middle of the pit to make sure everyone was good. And in that moment, he decides, I need to embarrass you. Come out here and let it let me wish you a happy birthday. And I lost it. I said, this is not what's happening to me right now. Um, so yes, a lot, a lot of those moments, um, you know, I try not to, and I try not to let everything get to me super hard and just have, I, I guess the, for lack of a better way, is like starstruck moments, but they happen. And I always like, kind of like sit back and try to, okay, this is my life. This is what's really happening. And it's crazy. Every single time it's crazy. It's like, it's just the first time. We've been there. (laughs) I think I had a very similar moment with Jacoby as well, where he was sitting across me and I was like, dude, this is nuts. So it's funny that we both have that same reaction to the same person too. (laughs) And Jacoby is so down to earth and just yeah. loves to socialize with people. I mean, there are countless times I would just see him like doing his morning jog down the hallway and he'd be like, hey, what's up? You having a good day? Okay, awesome. I'll see you later at showtime. You know, and it's just like, he's the man. He's so great. I think the best part of it is knowing that those people behind the scenes are actually just as nice as you hope, you know, because we we have these expectations of when you meet people and they're these gigantic stars in your mind. And then you really just see how humble and kind they are. And then they befriend you when they don't necessarily have to talk to anybody outside their circles. And I think it's just, it's really cool to see your experience and how far you've come with that. So uh, it just makes us happy because we've been there too, where you're just literally in awe and you're thinking to yourself, how uh, am I geeking out? Do they see I'm geeking out what's happening yes <laughs> yeah there have been a couple times where I was like just shut up just stand still they get fine like shut up <laughs> like, it's fine everything's fine yeah and and we did talk a little bit about your come up story obviously so was that tour you did with Ice Nine was that the first tour you had ever done yeah spring yeah. 2019 was like my first tour like I've been a concert goer I've been attending shows for I don't know since I was before born my mom used to go to rock shows with me in her in her belly and everything so I guess I was born into this uh which is kind of funny but yeah that was my first tour very little experience not knowing the ins and outs nothing all I knew I was there to dress the boys up make them look good for stage and just be on standby and like that was it and thinking about it now like just that's what I that's what I started as to what I'm doing now is like 
<laughs> just, just mind blowing. Um, if I were to tell myself back then in the matter of just four years, what I would be doing now, I'd look at myself and be like, there's no way. There's no way that person would know who I am. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. Dude, I think we both have a, a similar, like we res- I resonate with that as well. Cause like when I did warp tour, I was thrown off the deep end. That was my first tour ever with no other practice or knowing what it's like to be living on the road. Um, so having really kind of done the same thing, there's so many things that you have to kind of figure out with experience. Like, where do I keep my stuff in the bus? What goes in the bay? What goes in my bunk? It's like these little intricacies. Um, so when you first started touring, what were some of the biggest learning curves um, that you've had to figure out along the way as far as like the touring lifestyle and etiquette of even just sharing a bus with all these guys? Um, what were some of the biggest challenges for you? Oh, God, yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I have, I have a brother and, and, you know, so like just being around men, they're disgusting. So like, that's, that was really no, that was no sweat off my back. I was just like, okay, so somebody just farted. Um, I've done burp contests, so I'm fine with that. Like that doesn't bother me, but I think one of the biggest things was just learning to live small and minimalistic. I had to like really tell myself, like, I don't need that extra shirt. I don't need that extra pair of shoes. And even still, like to this day, I tell myself, I was like, I'm not, I'm going to wear these pair of shoes once and it's just for this one outfit. And then that's the end of it. And I, and I, I'm going to have to send something home and it happens every time. And I tell myself like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's not going to happen. And it ends up happening. So I think the biggest thing is to learn minimalistic. Like if it doesn't fit in the suitcase, it's not coming. Um, and to just roll with the punches. I know it sounds easier said than done but like really just like roll with everything um I always like keep certain things in my bunk I've like my toiletry bag I stay in my bunk but everyone makes fun of me because my bunk is the hoard bunk I have drinks hoarded in there because I don't want anyone stealing them um I have snacks in there sometimes um my backpack stays in there with all my necessary things so like when we get hotel rooms that's what that's the bag I take into the hotel room with everything so I think the biggest thing is just to learn a minimalistic lifestyle and make sure you don't overpack because it's a very like you literally live out of what you bring like you could always go to Walmart and pick things up but it's um it's that um personal space really just doesn't exist the only thing for your personal space is a little curtain in your bunk and uh (laughs) you know maybe the five minutes uh to wake up before everybody else for that peace and quiet but it doesn't last long Um, so yeah, it's, um, sometimes off days, you just completely like zone out and disassociate from everybody. So you have that peace and quiet, but it's, it's crazy. A lot of, you know, I always get asked to like, how do I get your job or how can I do what you do? And it's always (laughs) the same thing of like, can you handle it? Can you, can you handle being on the road? Cause it's not glitz and glam. It's so true. It looks so nice on the internet. Like, Ooh, you're rolling up in a tour bus. You're just glammed out and makeup every day but like those things are very very real especially right. like having to keep things in your bunk and you're sleeping next to your backpack and a bunch of guys <laughs> all in one hallway where they're all farting in the same hallway in the middle of the night yep. it's real <laughs> it is oh, man it is no you had mentioned something there too in terms of overpacking and then realizing once you're there what do I do how do I bring all this back I've been in positions where I've literally had to mail things home or pick up extra suitcases and a lot of people too don't realize you accumulate so much stuff on the road whether things that fans give you little knickknacks things you buy for yourself so I think it's a really good point for everyone listening in terms of hey 
manage it, be minimalistic because you'll be bringing back a lot more than you came with. (laughs) Right. And like, you know, sometimes like a lot laundry obviously exists on the road, not as frequent sometimes as we would like. Um, But another thing that goes with it is like, are you comfortable wearing the same pants, like maybe three days in a row, four days in a row with that you had swamp ass at one point? Like you just, just got to deal with it in a way. Got to do it. I got to say the first time I did warp tour, I didn't realize that you could do laundry. So I actually packed a different outfit for almost every day. <laughs> no! Yeah. We live so, in life, my friend. I oh, almost wish I could have seen this interview back in 2015. I needed you, Chevy. Where were you? <laughs> ah, honestly, like that was, it was my first tour too. I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm just going to bring, you know, like 20 shirts and five pants or like, you know, 10 pairs of pants. It'll be fine. As long as I have more underwear than, than clothing. I'm golden, you know? Um, but yes, I quickly learned that laundry does exist. Um, and it is a thing and it is a blessing. Well, the other day it was really fun because as we were learning a little bit more about you, I stumbled into one of your live makeup tutorials on Instagram and you randomly shared that your biggest tip for becoming great at makeup is very simple. It's practice and patience. Now, I'm no makeup queen like yourself, but with time, it's kind of crazy how you can hone your skills and really go from like these crazy wonky lines to flawless wings a lot of the time. So what would you say are some of the makeup trends or tutorials that took you the longest, the most practice and patience to eventually perfect uh definitely anything sfx it's it's such a i hate to say a niche because we see sfx stuff through all kinds of forms of entertainment including music um but it really is just you know practice and patience and learning to accept failure in any way whether that's like the look actually failing or you failing yourself in the least harsh way that I mean that I mean like if you lose motivation or if you just suddenly not like how it's turning out um you just got to like work through it and see it through and then obviously like come back to it so you can finish that um it's hard it's hard to like give a pinpoint of like certain tips and tricks because there's just so much that goes into it but I think trying to not be so hard on yourself and accept your mistakes and make sure you see them through to come back and perfect them is probably the biggest ones that I could, I could say, because between beauty makeup and then SFX makeup and certain products, like each has their own pros and cons and different techniques. So um, those are the ones I even try to remind myself pretty frequently. I feel like we've all been in that position where we'll be doing our makeup or watching someone else do it. And then you kind of screw up and you really feel like the world's crumbling in your hands. I mean, that's so, your face. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah. It, it takes a lot to hone it in. So when you can see someone flawlessly doing it, it does kind of inspire you in a sense, but at the same time you realize, just take a breath, you'll get it eventually, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I, I've i experienced a couple of times, like I have to leave to go to work and I have about five minutes before I need to be in my car and on the road and my wing is just not the same as the other one. And I'm just like, ah, like the, like the, the enraged, yeah. like high volume increase moment. And I just, yeah, I've, completely agree. (laughs) Well, I know Ice Nine Kills have definitely put you to work. So you get lots of practice on the SFX makeup. Um, That is for sure. Yes. Um, And so out of all of the projects, whether it be on stage makeup or the music videos or anything in between, um, out of all the looks you've done, which one sticks out in your mind as being the most challenging to master? And then once you finished it, the most rewarding and why? Um, I think for the Ice Nine guys, we when we first started, we did a we did more of our character makeup. Um, 
The most challenging was probably uh, Dan's leather face makeup because that was a silicone um, look. So it required like a two-part process of products, waiting for that to be at its perfect temperature in order to apply to the skin. So that was pretty time consuming. Um, the most difficult in a sense of just application and time was probably Spencer because he didn't sit still most of the time. Um, <laughs> and at one point we had to put, we put a contact in his eye, which looked, which looked so cool. Um, but I remember there was one show where he just, uh, he's like, I just took it out and I don't know where it went. And I said, what do you mean you don't know where it went? <laughs> um, but like, I love doing the character stuff, but with that, obviously like the cleanup and making sure their guys were good with the had their own challenges. But my favorite overall would probably be like Patrick's designs because his was so flexible. So everyone had their own characters, but Patrick had a, um, a backyard or woods like cult kind of person, more leaning into the saw uh, character because he had that pig mask yes. from um pulp riot um amazing mask hair everything it was so scary beautifully yeah. designed yes very <laughs> scary um and underneath it we would do makeup but we were able to just do so much I remember there were some shows he'd come to me and be like chef I saw this and I want to try this and I would get excited because it's like oh yes let's go like something new um and then he'd have his personal favorites and we just it was great that one was just so exciting for me um, to do something different and try different things. Um, another favorite uh, recently was when I was able to do the Motionless and White um, Outburn magazine shoot. It was my first time actually being able to work with the band for cosmetics. And it was just, I was, I was nervous. I was just sitting there. I was like, okay, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. We're, we're, we're doing it. It's going to be great. And uh, Chris's makeup artist, Erin came out. So I got to like meet her in person and um it was just a great time. And then, you know, they turned out great. I was very, I gave myself a good pat on the back for that one. Um, but yeah, like those, those are really just the fun ones and any of the other music videos, um, like I've done so many at this point, like the, the, um, Lamb of God ones were just a great experience. I didn't have the pleasure to meet the band, but just knowing that like my work is tied into that. Um, I've done a lot of really fun stuff. So I, I just want to ask, because I feel like this is kind of funny, like, so you've worked with so many band members doing their makeup and I, I could just imagine, like you were saying how, you know, people get fidgety doing makeup Spencer with the contact. So which member of the band was the most tricky to like do their makeup and have them sit still and like focus? Um, in the beginning, it was Joe because he would always like, oh, I got to eat something. So he'll eat his, his food in between doing his makeup. Um, and then Spencer, just because, you know, he's always the last one, just because either he had interviews or he was coming back from doing something or whatever. He was just always the last to go. Um, so even still, sometimes he like just is either on his phone or I need him to like tilt his face a certain way um, or he have his AirPods in and I'll try to talk to him. He goes, ha. So, <laughs> um, so but Joe has gotten so much better. He even knows the certain directions to turn his face like time wise. So he's he's got it down pat. Um, and uh, uh, I was I would say just just occasionally they have their own little ticks. But sometimes Spencer just doesn't um, he, he either doesn't show up when I need him to show up. So I got to rush a little bit or um, I just need to hit certain angles that he just doesn't turn. But he does get a little fidgety. Um, and it's never anything like super crazy. Yeah. I've just, I've always, I've also just like turned his head and everything. Um, there are sometimes the boys will, when I'm putting on their like foundation, 
they'll they'll put their head down for some reason. I said, why are you putting your chin to your chest? And he goes, and they say, well, not he, but they they all said, it's like, I don't know, isn't that the angle you need? I said, if you're if you're drawing on a piece of paper and it's tilted at a way you can't draw, how am I supposed to do that? And they all did the collective. Oh, <laughs> it was. I said I didn't know I needed to use that kind of analogy for them to get it. So from then on, they kind of like did the whole like sit still, chin up kind of thing. I love um, it. Yeah, very funny. Thank oh you for the God. tea. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun learning the behind the scenes though because I genuinely didn't know that they were the ones coming to you with their concepts every time, or they'd get excited about a design and say, "Hey, can you perfect this for me?" Rather than you coming in with all of your ideas, because a big part of being an MUA, a wardrobe consultant, even covering band members head to toe in temporary tattoos, which looked amazing. Oh, um, thank you. Of course. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, so much goes into it in terms of the idea. And I know that thrift shops and Hot Topic are definitely go-tos for you. But where do you personally kind of love finding props and clothing pieces for these photo shoots and editorials? Um, I mean, definitely like, I mean, Amazon is just such easy access. Um, believe it or not, my mom, I've, I've kept a lot of clothing from my mom um she's very um she was very like 80s grunge and and 90s vibe and everything so even through like her friends I've gotten a lot of hand-me-downs um a lot of really cool vintage clothing so I've obviously have a lot of clothing more than I'd like to admit um but some of that clothing I really just like reuse for music videos or I have just like really crazy authentic vintage types clothing um but yeah thrift shops all around um when I was living in in Staten Island for college I would go to the city and just try to find really cool um any type of aesthetic that it could be used for a concept and I've held on to it um but thrift shops are kind of the main thing and if it comes to props um I like to either attempt to make it my own like from scratch or I will buy like a base and then build off of it so that it can be customized um but yeah, the um most of the Ice Nine props is uh, currently made by an amazing artist. Her name is Missy. Um, she's based in LA. So all of our stuff now for stage stuff between like the body parts, um, even our chainsaws that we have and even the masks that we wear on stage now, like she customizes and makes all of those. And it's mind blowing to see because that's something I also aspire to do. Um, she's great. So most of that stuff we go through her for the ice nine kills stuff but for me it's definitely a lot of like thrifting and the same thing she does but me need to do it so amazing <laughs> i guess once you open for metallica you could just have everything customized you've made it at that point right <laughs> I, yeah uh, yeah i that's also still processing that we get to do that for like the next year and a half <laughs> yeah crazy <laughs> amazing and and we were talking a little bit about how being on the road means less storage and having to be really compact with the things that you bring um so I'd love to hear in terms of also makeup products what are some of the must-have travel items in your work makeup kit as well as your personal makeup kit since you have to be really selective when you're on the road yeah so I I do have a a, a pelican um that I comically joke to anybody that has to touch it that it's 65 pounds because it is 65 pounds um and everyone says is there a dead body in here and I said it might as well be so don't drop it because it might kick <laughs> it might kick the case so um but you know I have I have an airbrush machine I have tons of brushes um sanitation stuff in there so it's uh it does like kind of bulk up after a while but my, some of my main ones I always keep is um 
my airbrush kit with all the foundations. I try to re revamp on them every tour that I go out with considering how long we're going to be out for certain shades I use more than others. Um, another really good product is the Ben Nye Final Seal. It's a waterproof um, mattifying setting spray. Um, I actually can't use it on Patrick because he says he can't sweat. Um, it like blocks his pores to where he can't sweat. Oh. So um, I don't I mean, use it on him. Good. I let him just sweat it all off. Um, but the other guys like just lightly blot their face. Um, it's a great one of my holy grails. Um, I always keep a stack amount of brushes in case like I don't have power. There are a couple times in Europe just because of the voltage difference. I didn't want to plug in my airbrush machine and then have it be fried. So I did like just the regular brush foundation type of process on them and it still turned out, you know, fine. But, uh, but yeah, I just try to keep like a stack, uh, my gut, my, my, my primary stuff, which is mostly the airbrush and some powder. And then the secondary for any kind of like backups or like it needed in a pinch kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, those voltage outlets are dangerous. I remember I was once traveling to my first trip to the UK and you don't know what's going to work and what's not going to, right? And I had one of those Revlon like blowout hair dryers. Dude, the thing literally started flaming. And so I turned it off right away and then luckily it's turned off, but I, I could have blown up the entire Airbnb. It was terrifying. <laughs> Alicia, the same thing happened to me with the same blow dryer in England. Stop. <laughs> are you kidding? So, That's so yeah, crazy. fair warning, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you happen to have one of those Revlon dryers, folks, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> That's not terrifying. Terrifying. Oh That's my terrifying. goodness. Well, um, I loved seeing both of your faces kind of jaw drop there, which is the perfect segue into our next segment, which is our most jaw dropping segment where we love Ooh. discussing different things with you that literally made your own jaw drop. So first up, uh, what would you say is the most jaw dropping experience that you ever had at a show? Hmm. Um, I don't know like like during like like during the show or it can be just... a show that you've been to as a fan when you were on tour with a band something you saw in the crowd anything at any sort of gig atmosphere where you went wow did that just happen <laughs> um I mean Metallica we were I was like in the crowd watching Metallica and they did the whole firework thing and then I we, we kind of like looked at each other like did, did we just do this like that was crazy um there was one time, oh, well, we, we <laughs> one funny thing, we uh, we used to do a song, our song Rocking in the Boat, which calls for a shark costume to come out and, you know, do its little moment. So there was, uh, in 2019, when we did the Octane Accelerator Tour, it was like one of the last, it was the last show actually in New York City. Um, and we had Tuck from Fit for a King come out in the shark costume and he went out into the crowd and like kind of crowd surfed we all knew it was happening but like to watch it happen and then all of a sudden you see the costume like kind of deflate and him just like flop around like an actual fish we were just like wait was this a good idea did we just like mess up <laughs> that was really cool um one personal jaw drop for me was actually when chris came out of his bus we were in arizona to start trinity pre-pro he came out the bus of the bus and came up to me he's like i have been waiting so long to meet you and i can't believe i actually get to tour with you and i said me Is you, me <laughs> that was really cool um another uh i think one it's just so many like really cool things but i can't i think the main one was just the like jaw drop like we did a show with metallica 
Like that was just like, ah, crazy. It was so crazy. I I love on that how at first you were thinking to yourself, I don't know what to even say here. And then as soon as you got the ball rolling, it was like one great moment after the other, which is so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely lots, lots more to look forward to in the future too. So if we ever chat again, it's going to be a whole new list. So more to come. Sure. Um, and the next one here is the most jaw-dropping misstep early in your career and the lesson that you learned from it. Misstep. Um, um, I mean, it's still, I'm, I'm, I'll be completely honest. It has, still happens occasionally, but uh, sometimes if like props go missing or if they just happen to get misplaced, um, we have endless amounts of props. I think that goes without saying. Um, but I think, I think one that like really, really took, took the cake was recently we, um, we lost the Freddy Krueger hat for, for American Nightmare. Um, Spencer, I mean, Spencer like will sometimes throw it, but he doesn't, when he throws it, he doesn't know where it goes. So he threw it. Um, and because my brain was in transition, uh, to just clean up and get the hell off stage because we were, we, we, it was bring me the horizon. So we were just like, we were made sure to like, you get on, you get off. We gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Um, we unfortunately did have to cut a good chunk of that set because, um, somebody got hurt in the stage. They were going way too hard. Um, so we had to cut at least like three songs just because that's how long it took for security to get care uh, to take care of who got hurt in the crowd. But either way, by the, by the time we got to the end of it, we lost the hat and I just had to go on and find like a, a pompadour fucking, excuse me, um, <laughs> fedora looking hat. And it was so difficult. And, and it was kind of like, chef, like you're supposed to be on charge of this. Like you can't let this happen. And I said, no, I know you're right. I'm so sorry, but nah um so occasionally <laughs> like it, it still happens and luckily now we're able to account for like backups with certain things but um I, I mean I can't recall the first prop that I've ever lost but it was definitely like just not good because it panic mode panic mode exactly yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna do the set now like we don't have that prop and um obviously the show will always go on because it's about the music but as far as like my department and that's what I'm in charge of it was that um that's kind of the major one I mean anything as far as makeup I always have like I said backups or just like an alternative to make sure that it still happens um but I never um that's probably the biggest oh oh shit moment with the (laughs) with the props getting misplaced or or uh move there have been plenty of times too that I have to like if we're especially festival days everyone likes to look at the props and like poke at the severed head and like see everything that's really cool. Um, but uh, actually speaking upon that, we've had props stolen for fest days because people just really? are like, this is really cool. And it's from Ice Nine Kills and nothing like absolutely major, but enough, like some things that have just gotten like taken from us that it's like, why? Cause now we can't do our show Yeah. or now we can't not- like, you know, um, but yeah, props, props are probably my, my, my thing. Yeah. They go missing as is folks. So don't go stealing them. That's just, that's just not yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's of when I become you, the not nice person. <laughs> as you should become, you know, it's yeah. warranted at that point. But of right. course we've been talking about a lot of the cool guys that you get to work with, but on this show as well, as you know, as we're spotlighting you, uh, we talked to some fantastic females. So we'd love to know who is the most jaw-dropping female artist that you'd love to eventually work with. 
eventually hooey um i would love to like lady gaga love her i know i know that's like really like up there um but i think just like her whole imagery and aesthetic and how much of a shapeshifter she is i think that's like really cool um the cherry bombs on a little bit of a lower level like i had the pleasure and the absolute honor to meet two of them when they performed with motionless and white amanda and talitha are just angels in, in human form um and i did also have the pleasure to meet um alicia at one show when she came to see the girls and uh all like sweet human beings if i ever had the honor to to work alongside them that would be another like a oh my god this is my life moment <laughs> um in this moment is obviously another really great one just for production value and everything that uh maria adds into her to her show um yeah just just i think anybody at this point to see another badass woman on stage would just kind of be like a uh, heck yeah this is awesome yeah I mean, I think that's the cool thing about your like the rock genre as well as we're seeing more and more like theatrics and makeup and all of that getting intertwined into the genre. So the possibilities are endless, dude. But yeah. let's just reach, let's reach for Lady Gaga as well. You know, yeah, we're not all genres allowed. <laughs> so I love to see it. Mm -hmm. um, and the last one for you here, the most jaw dropping misconception about you that you wish people understood. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people think that I'm intimidating and not super approachable. But meanwhile, when they meet me, they're like, oh, my God, you're like a box of rainbow and sunshines. It's great. Um, I, uh, I'm also not much of a pushover. Like at first I can be a pushover, but um, I'd rather you not because I don't want to have to get nasty. And I will. Um, but yeah, I am. I am definitely one to uh, to strive for for the top. And I know the top is ever growing. And it keeps getting higher and higher, but I do plan to eventually get there. So, yeah, I mean, it's a cutthroat industry. So as much as, you know, we're all very nice girls, we also got to be aggressive and fight for what we want. Comes with the territory, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Ter the territory, you know what yes. I mean, guys? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you. I'll be here all all night subscribe what's, for more <laughs> exactly what's cool to see too though is you mentioned how gaga is up here before and at one point i'm sure you thought ice nine kills are up there motionless yeah. is lamb of god sets would be so it's kind of like you can have those goals as high as humanly possible because you never know what really is attainable and next thing you know you could be on stage with her so um she could be the next one calling you up for your birthday who knows so it's cool to see that though however um, but we really just want to say thank you for sharing your stories today and really letting people know this entire craft that we feel should have more of a light shown on it and just really uh, what you do for these bands because we see it but we don't know exactly what goes down or how it does and now we do thanks to you. Heck yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah no, it's been so cool getting to catch up with you after all this time. So thank you again. Um, and everybody watching, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. She's with the band on NotFest. New episodes every Wednesday right here is where you'll find us. Um, so thank you again, Chevy, and to my co-host, Alicia, for kicking butt as always. And we will catch you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.